Welcome to Global Chit Chat, the podcast that helps you navigate the international employee benefits landscape. I'm your host, Leticia, and in today's episode, we will help you get your arms around offering employee benefits in Canada. And I'm Francis, today's fun fact checker, and together we take you on a benefits journey around the world. So, let's get started. Our guest today is Alexandra Georgescu. Alex leads our global benefits team in Canada and has unique insight into the topic. Thanks for being our guest today, Alex. Thanks, Leticia. I'm so glad to be here. You might not know this, but typically we kick off our podcast by sharing some fun facts about the country we're discussing. So Francis has been busy digging up some interesting things about Canada that we would like to share with our audience. I'm very curious. I'm sure I'll learn something new. Love the spirit. Francis, what did you find? I think you love this. Let's start with sports. We all know that ice hockey is big in Canada, all right? It's played outside, like in the US we play basketball. Interestingly, Canada has two million lakes. Yes, two million. So when they freeze, there's plenty of space for ice hockey. But fewer people know about lacrosse, which is also a very popular sport that I learned about because of my kids. So when choosing the Canadian national sport, Canadians were very clever. Why choose between two things you can like? They decided that ice hockey is national winter sport and lacrosse the national summer sport. I'll try this approach when I'm hesitating about what car to buy. Let's move to food. Did you know Canada consumes more mac and cheese than any other country in the world? To be precise, 55% more than US, the second country. Another fact, Canada produces most of the world's maple syrup. And Alex, you appreciate this. Quebec alone manufactures more than 77% of the world's maple syrup. Everyone knows Santa Claus, right? But did you know that his official address is in Canada? To top it off, the Canadian Post Office has a department that responds to letters addressed to Santa Claus. How cool is that? Finally, Canada only officially became independent from Britain in 1982, a year after I was born. Anyway, Canada Day is coming up shortly, Mark a calendar for July 1st. It's going to be a long holiday weekend in Canada and in the US. Thank you, Francis. Alex, did you know how much Canadians love mac and cheese? I did not know that. And it's very interesting. So between you and me, there's one fun fact that I dug up on my own because sometimes the host of this podcast just goes rogue. Did you know that the country of Canada has an official phone number? It is 1-800-O-CANADA. I'm not kidding. Of course, you know that I had to call the number to try it out, and a live person answered. I then had to explain to that person that I was just testing the number to see if it was actually true. And the operator said, don't worry, ma'am, it happens a lot. Thanks for not hanging up on me when I answered. True story. Before we move on to the subject of Canada, I want to learn a little bit about you, Alex. During our prep session for this podcast, you mentioned that you came from an ICE family. And since you said that, I've been dying to ask you, what does that mean? <laughs> I guess as a true Canadian family, we spend most of our time with skates on our feet on a skating rink. And this happens year round. So in other words, every member of the household, well, excluding the dog, of course, practices at least one skating sport. We have hockey players, figure skaters, and a ringette player as well. Ringette being the novelty here, I believe. Ringette is actually a sport that was invented in Canada and has been around since the 60s and is only played in three other countries, United States, Finland, and Sweden. 
The concept of a nice family is fascinating, particularly for someone raised in the Caribbean. We're surrounded by water. Ice, not that much. At any rate, why don't we start digging a little bit into our topic? Can you help us understand the Canadian employee benefits space? In general, what would you say is the philosophy behind providing employee benefits in Canada? To truly understand the Canadian benefits landscape, we need to start with our social system. Canada has a strong social system in place, regulating healthcare on a provincial level. Each of our 10 provinces and three territories in Canada has its own healthcare legislation. In general, what this means is that all in hospital fees are covered by social system, as well as occupational sickness and accidents. This leaves employer and benefits as a supplemental plan to the social system, and they're used to attract and retain employees. An employer will usually include life insurance, non-occupational disability, as well as supplemental health and dental care, and this is usually offered in a flexible format. One particular aspect about the Canadian market is its significant union presence, particularly in Quebec and Ontario. Unions have been around in Canada since the early 1800s. However, with the rise of benefit costs, the union negotiations dynamic is changing a little bit, and we see rising interest in benefit strategy for both the employer and the unions. Canada's social programs are considered one of the most robust systems in the world. You also have a reputation of being a very progressive country. What is happening in the Canadian employee benefits market that might surprise many employers? Thinking of surprising elements, perhaps we can talk about medical marijuana. Perhaps it might be surprising to know that all insurers throughout Canada can cover medical marijuana and that the largest insurance company in Canada actually has a specific product for medical marijuana coverage. This being said, only a handful of employers have opted to include this in their benefits package. That is a surprise. I think most other countries have a longer runway when it comes to implementing something along those lines. Let's jump into supplementary employee benefits. In your opinion, what are some of the challenges employers face when providing these types of benefits in Canada? Cost is definitely the international answer here that also applies to Canada, particularly the higher inflation rates on benefits versus the salary increases. Now, the cost issue is also married right now to a great resignation issue. The unemployment rate in Canada is at a historic low, 5.2%, while job vacancies are at a historic high. How can employers focus on cost containment when they need to adapt their reward strategy to survive in an almost attraction and retention auction market? So there's a clear shift from cost containment to offering employees more incentives to stay. Additional benefits, virtual benefits, improved benefits, less limitations, better eligibility, while employers also need to focus on having healthier employees that are at work, as disability is not only a, a high benefit cost, but also so hard to replace. I want to dive a bit deeper into health. We all know the cost of health is growing exponentially in most countries. And Canada is not the exception, with a 5% net trend rate for 2022. Based on your experience, what are the top triggers of health care costs increases in Canada? Understanding that all out-of-hospital, out-of-clinic treatments fall under employer-sponsored benefit plans, drugs are definitely the number one cost driver in Canadian benefits plans. And in this post-pandemic world of delayed diagnosis and treatments, the Canadian market, renowned for its exceptional cancer survival rate, 
is expecting escalating cancer treatment costs and diabetes costs are the fastest growing as well. Now, this being said, drugs may be the largest cost portion, but disability presents the highest cost growth concern in the market at the moment, and particularly where it comes to mental health. More and more, the number one cause for disability in Canada. Over 90% of large employers in Canada are concerned about long-term mental health issues like depression and anxiety. And in 2021, over one in five insured people in employer-sponsored plans claimed anxiety or depression medication. Okay, so we understand the cost triggers. Now, what are Canadian employers doing to mitigate these increases? And some employers are continuously working to mitigate low prevalence, high impact drug costs, but they are also now turning their focus on offering more preventive care and support to the wide insured population. Employers have been increasing mental health coverage at times to unlimited levels and enhancing virtual care services. With 14% of Canadians over the age of 12 not having access to a family doctor, virtual care has become a powerful tool for prevention and timely diagnosis. The market is also increasingly interested in virtual mental health counseling, as well as combining virtual health and family assistance programs. And as more and more employers are opting for virtual care, the cost is also decreasing, and it's becoming more accessible to a wider range of employer budgets. What other trends are you seeing in the Canadian market that might move the needle enough to impact the benefits-cost increase dynamic, Alex? There are a few trends coming up, but let's pick two, wellness and flexibility. Wellness programs are actually making a comeback on the Canadian market. They took a little bit of a nosedive in the last decade with the difficulty to demonstrate ROI. It put the brakes on employer budgets. But as healthcare costs are rising, employers are now striving to achieve a healthier workforce and they're encouraging an active lifestyle. They're implementing health apps and are looking to launch physical activity challenges Even point systems are emerging in the market as well. Insurers throughout Canada are also offering more complimentary services. Some even offer complimentary rewards-driven wellness apps and are putting pressure on the insurer market to step up in the health and physical activity space. Looking at flexibility, employers, yes, are moving from traditional one-size-fits-all plans to flexible plans. But what's striking is the emergence of flexibility within unionized plans. And this is significant, as it forces a collaborative conversation between employers and unions, and it's changing the negotiation landscape. This is not always easy, but with the groups we have successfully achieved flexibility and collaboration, these are proof that it is possible. In some, more health focus with enhanced flexibility should help employers mitigate costs while attracting and retaining employees. If you had a crystal ball... Where do you see the future of the employer value proposition in Canada? In my dream world, I would see the total wallet. An online shopping experience where benefits are just a small part of total remuneration. And the employee has control over house to subdivide their pay. Salary, equity, benefits, time off, pension, perks, etc. would all be part of the package at the employee's discretion. Some employers in Canada are actually starting these types of conversations. They believe that offering more flexibility will attract and retain employees, while perhaps combining costs may help manage them. I'm glad we had this conversation and that our listeners could learn about Canadian benefits directly from one of our local experts. Thank you very much for being our guest and for sharing your knowledge with our listeners, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. 
And that's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Please leave a review or share your comments on social media. And don't forget to join us on our next episode of Global Chit Chat when we will be bringing you to Israel.